Welcome to the Eagle Naz Church Podcast. My name is Bree, and thanks for joining us. We hope that the next 30 minutes helps you grow in your relationship with Jesus, and that you will see how God wants to move in your life. Thanks for listening. Hey, anybody hate waiting? Like, it's a thing that drives you crazy. Like, you might have a, a motto that says, waiting is just the worst. I, I've, never, I've never liked waiting. Uh, they, they gave us microwaves to increase the speed of cooking food. I get impatient when it says 30 seconds only. You know what I'm saying? Or how about the computers that are so super fast, but there's that wheel that I call the wheel of death. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Uh, or waiting for a, a parking spot to open up, or, or waiting for your food at the restaurant, or waiting for the clothes to be ready out of the dryer. Anybody there? I'm, I'm one of those people who loves to get things done and see things happen, and so I make lists, and I, I just can't wait to check them off, the things that I get done. Anybody with me? I might be a little OCD in this, so you'll have to forgive your pastor, but I know that sometimes I'll go around the house and get things done, and I love checking things off so much that I write the things I didn't do, have on the list before, and I put check boxes by them so that I can go by and check them off later just for the pure joy of getting things done. And so I, I am so glad some of you are like this, that I'm not alone in that. And, and waiting just seems like the hardest thing. That tension is what is being felt by the writer of Scripture today in the book of Isaiah. It's written 2,700 years ago, 700 years before Jesus shows up. And the people are so tired of waiting for God to work and to act. In fact, they're so frustrated that they're going to be, begin to talk about that as Isaiah writes on, on their behalf as he speaks out to God about what's going on in their lives. So if you join me, uh, we're going to look at a passage that teaches us how important this topic is, that our waiting doesn't have to be a waste of our time. It's going to teach us that God is doing, in fact, some of his greatest work while we are waiting on him. Uh, found in Isaiah chapter 64, let's stand on our feet, Isaiah chapter 64, verses 1 through 8, if you've got your Bible with you, I invite you to take out your Bible and read along with me or, or read on the screen. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down and that the, the mountains might quake at your presence as when fires kindles brushwood and the fire causes water to boil to make your name known to your adversaries and that the nations might tremble in your presence. Uh, the people of Israel were under the authority and the, the takeover of an unfriendly government called Assyria. And they were wanting God to move and wanting him to change situations right now. Uh, when, when you did awesome things that we did not look for, you came down and the mountains quaked at your presence. Verse 4, from of old, no one has heard or perceived by the ear. No one has seen a God besides you who acts for those who wait for him. You meet him who joyfully works righteousness, those who remember you in your ways. Behold, you are angry and we sinned in, in our sins and we have been a long time. And shall we be saved? 
We have all become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like polluted, a polluted garment. We all fade like a, a leaf, and our iniquities are like the wind. Take us away. There is no one who calls upon your name, who rouses himself to take hold of you, for you have hidden your face from us, and you have made us melt in the hand of our iniquities. But now, O Lord, you are our father, we are the clay, and you are the potter. Uh, we are the work of your hand. You may be seated. Uh, what would be uh, powerful in our lives is if we actually learned that God was working in our waiting moments. Have you ever felt those moments where you said, God, this dream that I've always had, it, it's unrealized. Or this miracle that I'm waiting for, for you to touch someone God, would you, would you just touch them? Would you take care of them? Or this relationship that went south, God, I, I thought you would take care of it by now. Lord, the finances that aren't where I had hoped they'd be. Have, have you ever had those moments where, where it was a, a, a difficult time and you were tempted like the people of God to say, God, I think you've forgotten me. Now the problem is that when we think God has forgotten us, we run away from God and we isolate ourselves and we end up thinking that God doesn't care for us and we miss the incredible blessings that could be ours if we were willing to wait and understand that God hasn't forgotten us. In fact, the truth that we get to learn in this passage is that we are being formed, not forgotten. That God is working in our lives, that he's doing wonderful things in our lives when we're waiting. And so we get to unpack this passage that comes by the, the prophet who also was the one who talked about the advent of Jesus. The, the word advent means arrival. And so God was promising that he was going to do this incredible thing, but the people didn't see it and they felt forgotten. In fact, it was 700 years from the time that the promise comes that God delivers on the promise to his people. And so we get to look at the passage and understand uh, some, some concepts that would help us about the waiting that we might go through. Maybe you're going through a time of waiting right now in your life. Several people that I bumped into as they left the first service said, man, I've been going through this time and that difficult time, and, and man, I, I, I can't even believe that God gave you that passage for this day to talk to my heart because I'm going through the very kinds of things that you were talking about. Uh, what, for example, what if uh, we realized that our waiting didn't have to be a waste of time? What if we were able to look today and discover that God is working in our waiting and we are being formed and not forgotten? And what if we found that God was actually creating room for him to move by the things that we had to wait for? And what about the possibility that... Uh, we get to discover God's will in the midst of our waiting and that our obedience to God in a waiting time could actually become an adventure in our lives or the possibility that God really does want to form us in some powerful ways as we're waiting for his miracles to unfold, for his work to happen in us in powerful ways. And so as we look at the passage today, we find out that that's exactly what's going on. As we re read the Isaiah passage, we realize that there's a, a shift in the passage. 
Did you see how they're saying, God, would you work right now? Would you give me patience and I want it right now, right? Would God, would you? In fact, it uses the word uh, kindling or fire. God had come down in a burning bush. And so we have images of that where the people were enslaved for a long period of time. And, and they, they may have been thinking about that. But if any of you have seen the news with the, the wildfires that have been going on in California, you've seen how when a spark of fire hits dry grass, how it just, it just explodes and wind comes down and blows through a whole canyon. That's a picture. God, would you, would you take care of my situation right now? And that's, that's how they start talking. They talk about boiled water and say, you know, just as a, a pot of water, you wait for it to boil, you wait for it to boil, and then all of a sudden you just start seeing it bubble immediately. God, would you take care of my situation like that? But as the, the writer begins to reflect, as the prophet begins to speak for God to the people, he says, uh, uh, you, you, it is you who acts for those who wait for him. So there's this, this change in the passage. God, something happens when we wait for you, but that word is not passiveness. It's not a waiting room as much as it is a work room. Imagining that God is actually doing something while we are waiting for him, but that word uh, doesn't mean to, to be inactive. It means to be assertively looking forward to a better future. So God, when I'm waiting on you, I can have a posture in my life that helps me to understand that you're about to do something powerful in my life. Let me ask you, is there anything that you're waiting for? That as I've begun to speak about this topic and you've thought, if, if God could work in one area in my life, I'd love for him to work in this area. I'd like you to keep that in mind as we look at the passage, as we think about what God is doing. Because in verse 8, uh, there's this declaration by the prophet of God who says, God, I want, I, I want you to know, I realize in this waiting moment that I see some things that are going on in my life and I understand that you are the potter and that I am the clay. You got any artists in the crowd? Any pot masters? What do we call those guys? That didn't sound right, pot masters. <laughs> Craftsmen, what are they? I don't know what those guys are. Clay pot artist guys. Well, I've seen them work. I've actually in college gotten to put my hand on some clay and the wheels turning and I didn't do it very well when I tried it. The, the, the clay was marred, but I watched a master craftsman, and when he, he took a lump of clay and he just started forming it, and he, he put it in this big bowl and put it on the wheel and put water on it, and then as he exerted pressure, the lump of clay became a beautiful flower vase. And the more pressure he put, the greater it became. And it took shape, and then... He took this, this beautiful piece of clay and he put it in the fire at over 1,000 degrees Fahrenheit. And I asked why the fire, and he said, and the fire be, becomes the permanent structure and it actually becomes strong and it can't be moved back to what it used to be. It becomes what it was intended for. And so there's something going on that we learned in the process when we talk to God and say, God, I want to submit to you. I, I want to... Uh, recognize that there's something powerful that happens when we wait for you to do your work in our lives. Now, now we've got to pause for just a moment and think about the, the way that God works tells us that our time is not wasted in our waiting. I just want to take you on a quick journey back through the history of the Bible 
It'll, it'll only take a little while when, when God decides that he is going to free his people from slavery in Egypt. He says to Abraham, Abraham, I'm going to leave my children who I love, I'm going to leave them enslaved for a little while as the sins of the Egyptians reach their full measure as, because I'm not going to judge them until their sin has become complete. I've tried to work in them as much as I'm going to. It took 400 years. I, I think about uh, God's love for Noah and he said, I want to uh, save a remnant. I want to be merciful. I'm going to invite people uh, onto the ark. The, the world has become this place that is unjust and evil. And he said, so go build an ark and tell the people that what you're doing. And people came by and they said, no, what are you doing? He said, building a boat. What are you doing that for? Well, because it's going to rain. Has it ever rained? No, but it's going to. The next year they came by and said, no, what are you doing? I'm building a boat. Weren't you doing that last year? Yeah, I'm doing it again. They came by 30 years and 50 years and 70 years and 150 years later. How would you like to be waiting for that? 300 years of waiting. No, what are you doing? I'm building a boat. It's going to rain. And God was doing a work in Noah's heart that was substantial and powerful that was going on. When the children of Israel decided that they didn't want to follow God's will, uh, they were kept from going into the promised land. And, and God said, because of that situation, you're going to wander 40 years which represented completeness in their lives. There was something happening. When Jesus went into the wilderness to spend time in a season of temptation, he was 40 days in the desert waiting upon God with fasting. There was something happening that God was working when, when Jesus was doing his public ministry. Uh, there was this incident where Mary and Martha said, hey, send word to the master that our brother Lazarus is sick. And so, they said, Jesus, would you come? Would you take care of it? And Jesus didn't come, and Lazarus got sicker, and, and their hope began to wane, and he got sicker and sicker, and finally he passed away, and they were going, Jesus, what are you thinking? What are you doing? How could you possibly? Our brother just died if you would have only. And of course, we know that God was doing some incredible, powerful working in the life of Mary and Martha and many other people in the big picture. When Jesus was about to accomplish the great work of his ministry, the purpose for which he came. He was taken to this incredible trial where they betrayed him and he was beaten beyond recognition afterward and he was hung on a cross and he waited in agony and then darkness fell upon the land and he was placed in a tomb and he, he, there the darkness went on for what must have seemed like eternity. And then he arose from the grave and the greatest work that ever happened was preceded by a season of waiting. So when we look at God's word and how he works, we understand that some of his best work is done while we're waiting, that we're being formed by what God is doing. As we think about this definition about what this waiting is, I, I, Isaiah 40, 31 says, those that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They'll rise up with wings as eagles. Anybody like that? Oh, and, and that we'll get to run and not be weary and walk and not faint. Isn't that great stuff? But in order to have the answer of those things, by the way, as we define what that means then in the original Hebrew, to wait means to anticipate the future that hasn't yet come. 
So if we want to have, if we want to soar on the winds of like the eagles, if we want to soar, if we want to have incredible stamina spiritually, if we want to be the people that God is forming, then we have to decide that we're going to have a certain kind of disposition when we're going through difficulty and hard times. It would mean that we would uh, decide in our heart that we would not yield to the temptation to think that God has forgotten us. That when we go through a hard time, isn't it one of the first things that we do is that we say, God, where are you? You must not care about me anymore. But nothing could be further from the truth that God cares for us immensely in times of waiting. It would mean that we would have to say, perhaps, God, I'm going to look at things differently and realize that my dedication to you and my dependency upon you does not depend on my circumstances that God, I'm going to look at my situation differently and I am going to anticipate your work in the future and focus on what I believe you're going to do in my life through your love for me. Uh, when I look at the, the reality of, of this passage and what it says, there's a, a part of the passage that I would like to cut out with scissors. Anybody been there with me ever in the Bible? I, there's this part that says... Uh, Behold, you're angry and we sinned, and in our sins we have been a long time, and shall we be saved? I, I look at that part of the passage and I go, oh man, one of the hardest things is waiting for God to change my situation when I've screwed up. Anybody been there? Like, is your pastor alone here? And sometimes I look at, at what God is forming in me and what he's changing in me, and, and I think, God, it's because of... Uh, some of the choices that I've made in my life and the, the decisions that I've carried out and some of the stuff that I wish could change. And sometimes in the waiting, God forms me and he forges me and he changes me. And even though I want God to take away that attribute or that trait that maybe took 50 years to develop, God says, no, I'm going to change that in a process of you willingly submitting your heart to, to my hands and changing you and making it you into the person that I've called you to be. There's some incredible benefits that come with waiting on God to forge us and form us. Amen? We've seen that that's how God works in our lives. We've seen that that's how he worked with his people. But we get to see five results in scripture of what happens for people who wait in active anticipation for the future. Are you ready? Yeah. Here we go. Five things that we can count on. One, waiting fosters humility. The passage starts, God, would you work right now? Would you rend the heavens? Would you come down and would you work like you did before? Uh, in fact, they're probably looking for the burning bush, but God only did one burning bush because he wanted to do the burning bush in that moment and he didn't need to do it again. And so he wanted to do it one time. He's probably not going to work in the future like he did in the past. He's probably going to surprise us. And so that's what he, he, he says, uh, the, the scripture in verse 8, he says, uh, the, the prophet you are the potter and I'm in the, the clay. And so there's a humility that develops when we say, God, you can do great things in my life through the, the dream that I'm waiting for and the relationship that I'm anticipating would change and the miracle that I'm hoping for. Uh, in fact, John Ortberg says, uh, I, I love what, what he, he wrote in one of his books. He, he says, what God is doing in us in our waiting is more important than the thing we're waiting for. that God would actually want to change us and that that's what's really important going on. And so it fosters humility in our life. Verse eight tells us that. Waiting changes our demands. 
into dependency. In, in those verses, we see that all of a sudden, we change from demanding, God, you've got to change my, decision, my situation right now, and we become dependent upon God and say, God, is there a chance that you could do something in me and in my situation and in the decisions that I've created, the mess that I'm in? Is there a chance, God, that you could work? Maybe I didn't create the mess, but it's a mess that needs cleaned up. God, is, is there a chance that I could become uh, dependent upon you? And when I become dependent upon you and, and I wait upon you, that uh, it changes my demands into dependency. And so, something beautiful happens in that process. Uh, the third thing we see about waiting is that it reveals our motives. We, we begin to discern our heart when we have to wait. Anybody know that's true? When you wait on someone to get ready or when you wait for vacation or you're waiting and, and things begin to emerge in our out of our heart and our personality that we see, we get to see our motive. We find that exhibited extremely well in the Exodus story and, and in the, the stories of Moses with the people of God. Moses was up on the mountaintop. He was listening to God. He was having revealed to the Father, uh, through the Father, what, what he wanted for the people, the great dreams he had for the people of Israel. And they began to say, God is not working. God has forgotten us. And they began to do their own thing and they created a golden calf and they began to worship it and they began to live exactly as they, what, as they wanted to live. And in their waiting was revealed their motive. We want a God who works for us instead of a God whom we serve because he's great. And so their, their motive was revealed in their waiting, and sometimes when we wait on God, we discover who we are and the motive of our hearts. Uh, the, the next thing we see is that waiting brings about trust in our lives. Waiting brings trust, because when we depend on God, we draw close to him and we begin to trust him and it develops intimacy in our heart. There's a, a, a wonderful passage that talks about this very fact in Psalms 137, I, I didn't, I just thought of it uh, late last night, so it won't be on the screen if you'll forgive me for that. But there's a, a, a wonderful sense in which uh, the psalmist begins to talk about how God is working in his life in Psalms 137, and he begins to talk about trusting and waiting and and delighting in God, and when we see that, that there's this incredible trust factor that develops when we begin to, to wait on God, and then waiting forms us into God, who God wants us to be, number five, reordering our priorities and changing us into the people that God has called us to be. So how would we apply this, uh, this passage to our lives? How would we apply this, uh, this call in our lives? Well, well, number one would be to take that one thing that perhaps we are impatient with God about right now, and instead of asking him to rend the heavens or create a, a spark and a fire and move right now, what, what if we decided to lay that before our Heavenly Father? What if we said, God, um, I am willing to be formed in your hands. I'm willing to let this event shape my life, this thing that I'm waiting for shape my life. 
And so we would bring that one thing to the Lord and say, God, I, I submit this to you. In dependency, I'm willing to let you work upon my life. You know, very seldom does God answer our prayers or our requests in exactly the way that we think. The children of Israel said, God, would you, would you save us from this situation? Would you change our situation? Would you let us know that you haven't forgotten us and that you care about us? And in Isaiah chapter 7, just a few chapters previously, uh, God says, okay, I'm going to answer you. Here's my answer. Uh, Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Isn't that great? So God says, all right, I'm gonna, now I'm going to step out and I'm, I'm going to answer your need because it's all about what's going on in your life and the enemy and how hard, hard things are. And he says, I, here it is. Are you ready? He says, here, here's the answer. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin will conceive and bear a son and you shall call his name Emmanuel, God with us. What's the answer? God says, I'll be with you. And then when they say, okay, you're gonna bring this champion king to conquer the Assyrians and you're gonna, he says, I'm gonna bring you a baby. And by the way, the baby's gonna come from a virgin birth. Okay, that could be tricky. And by the way, this baby is going to go to a cruel cross and he's going to die for the sins of the people and he's going to raise again on the third day. Now here's the point. <clears throat> That's something worth waiting for. God does his best work in our waiting moments, but seldom are our waiting moments answered in the way that we expect them to be. And so we would be submitting in our situation to say, God, I don't know exactly what a baby born to a virgin in a, with a resurrection situation looks in my world, but it might not look just like I thought. Could we be willing, would you be willing to say, God, I submit my situation to you, my waiting moment to you, my unanswered prayer to you, my dependency to you, my dream that has never happened yet to you, my miracle that I'm hoping for, I submit that to you, I give it to you. And then in this next week, uh, would you be willing to take this passage and would you read it every day for seven days uh, and, and look at Isaiah 64, one through eight and let it speak to your situation and each day during this week, Say, okay, God, I want you to rend the heavens with this event, and I want you to change this situation. I want you to move in this way, and then begin to say, Lord, maybe there's something in my life that I need to examine in the process of my waiting while you're working as I'm being formed instead of forgotten. And so, God, I submit this thing to you. And by the way, God, you're the potter, and I'm the clay. I welcome the fire because it will result in things that are better than I ever dreamed. And it will bring about results that I never even knew I could hope for. And so God, I recognize that your best work might be happening while I'm waiting for you to do something in my life. Would you be willing to do that? Would you be willing to submit to God's answer as you are formed? I, I'd love to show you some pictures of Kenya, Africa for a moment. This was the, the housing situation for people in Kenya that were moved away from their homes. Uh, 
They were refugees. They had been um, targeted because of tribal conflict. And most of the people that were moved to this, this housing subdivision, 5,000 of them, uh, let's go back to that original photo, Carissa. 5,000 of them, they were orphans and widows and children. Many of the men had been killed off in warfare situations. And they called themselves the forgotten people. That's how they identified themselves. And get this, that's how other people identified them as well. Next photo, you see uh, the, the street, one of those streets I walked down, you see what it felt like. Imagine you're living here. The restrooms were not nearly as nice as the living quarters. And they called themselves the forgotten people, and they thought God had forgotten them, but there was a group of people from Eagle Ness who went over and discovered them and started bringing medicine and started uh, giving medical care, and they brought Bibles, which were not... Uh, really wanted at first, but the more care that happened, the more Bibles that were asked for. And, and then eventually, let's go to the next slide if we could, uh, they were given brand new homes and their countenances changed. Keep going, Chris, if you would. Uh, this picture blesses me because this gentleman said, we used to be uh, hungry all the time. We didn't have any food, but people came and God answered prayers and he was working in the midst of our waiting. And he said, now we give food and clean water to the surrounding communities. And then next photo, if we could. And now they have homes that are incredibly beautiful, made out of brick, and they are a refuge for the surrounding people. And they let us know we don't feel forgotten by God anymore. Pastor Peter, who wrote a letter to one of our team people about what was done in Kenya, he said, here's my advice when you find yourselves in a waiting situation. He said, don't count the days. Make the days count. Because you are not forgotten by God, and God is working while you are waiting. 